Hey, what's up? My name is DeAndre Kiera, and you are tuned in to an all-new episode of Just Let It Glow Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. I know I missed a week. I tried not to miss weeks, but last week I wasn't feeling too good, so I had to kind of put myself first a little bit. Um, but I'm better back now. I got a lot of rest. I had, you know what? I think I needed. I wasn't even like sick. I just wasn't work between work, life, bills. Like, trying to, like, just do everything at once sometimes is just overwhelming. I just had to, like, rest because I haven't been lately. I've just been, like, on go mode about everything. And when you do that and you kind of neglect yourself by trying to be, like, have a bunch of, like, like a spider, have a bunch of legs and arms. It's only one me. I only got two hands. So I definitely just encourage anybody, if you haven't lately, Take a mental health day, take a break, take a beat, and, you know, just recalibrate. And I know I say that all the time, but that's one of the things, like, I'm definitely working on on myself is to, like, take these beats before I need to, like, do it. Like, do it proactively and not reactive. So, um, thank you guys. But y'all were tuning into the last couple of episodes anyway, so... I appreciate that. And this weekend, you know, I realized even though I'm older now, I don't go out as much. I don't like party as much because when, you know, that recovery after you go out and have fun, it's a lot when you hit your 30s. Like it's it's not it's not fun. Like before, like back when I was in college or early 20s and I would go out, I could go out go to class. I could go out the night before, make it to work, no sleep. You know, I can't, it takes a full 24 hours for me to like recover. So I don't go out as much. It's really on occasion, but this past weekend was one of my best friend's birthday. And this is, this is exclusive because I don't be telling people where I like to go. And I probably still won't tell you, but it's a day party here in Philly that happens every weekend. If you ask me personally, I'll tell you, but People are a little weird, and I found out people that shouldn't be listening to this episode, listen to this podcast, be listening to it. So I don't need nobody trying to catch me out. But we went out. It was so much fun. It was like a day party. Like literally, this place is like a well-known like secret here in Philly. But it's like when you walk in, it's the middle of the day. Like the party starts at noon. You walk in, it feels like a, it feels corny at first when you first sit in. It feels real corny. The vibes don't be feeling right. And then after you start drinking, after you get your food and you start drinking and the DJ, it was like we all were chilling, having a good time. It was my best friend's birthday. It was, you know, a lot of her friends, mutual friends, family. We all kind of know each other because we all celebrate every year for our birthday or whatever. So the vibes was good. We was all having a good time. We were eating for some reason. Mind you, I don't even listen to Sexy Red, but Sexy Red came on and the whole club just became alive. I think everybody was just ready to have fun. I'm telling you not. One of the best things you can celebrate is your friend's birthday because their birthday is like your birthday, especially when you're in your 30s. I did not. Listen, she had a great time. I had a great, everybody had a great time. Everybody it felt like everybody just needed a day out to turn up 
act like we're in college or in our early 20s again, no responsibilities, and just get lit. Have a good, good time. Like, I feel like I just needed that night, that that afternoon, just to, like, let loose and have a ball. Like, I'm not worried about bills. I ain't worrying about work. I ain't worrying about nothing. Baby, didn't even remember coming home. Like, we got home. When I say I got home, like, about 6, I didn't wake up until, like, 1 in the morning. Dead ass. My sister, y'all know my sister just had, one of my sisters just had a baby and she called me and our other sister who was with me to check on me. Apparently I ain't sent the phone and everything. I don't remember. The next day she was like, yeah, we were talking. You was uh, sleeping in your bed. It was dark. I said, I was, I talked to you yesterday. She was like, yeah, apparently my mom was trying to reach me. We wasn't answering the phone. So my sister called me and I answered her phone. I'm like, not, not ignoring my mama, but I answered my sister call. But I had a good time. And I feel like everybody that was out there that day was just like, yeah, I need, I needed that night. Like I just, every now and again, I just need to have a lit day some fun and just remember like I'm still alive I'm still young I'm still fun you know there's things to do like I don't always have to you know be responsible I was super irresponsible but God that's just a testament of how God got me because I was super irresponsible but I just needed that moment like I just needed that fun like like all work no play it just makes for like a very stressed out DeAndre so I'm glad I did. Shout out to my friend. Happy birthday to Shanice. Um, Y'all know I always talk about her because I literally talk to her every day. But yeah, so her birthday weekend is like my birthday weekend. Um, So any other birthdays that's coming up, I'm going to have fun like it's my shit because that's the only time y'all going to see me out lately Um, is if I'm celebrating the people I love. Uh, Speaking of love, I'm recording today on Valentine's Day. Um, you know, I just want to let you guys know, like, Valentine's Day is literally about loving whoever's in your proximity, whether it be like a spouse, your kids, your family, um, yourself, whatever it is, just pour love and receive love. I hope I wish that upon everybody. I think you don't have to always buy into the commercialism, but if you can show your token of appreciation for somebody or you could share love in any kind of way. I think you should do so, you know, even like today, I spent time with my niece. I was babysitting for a little bit. That's a token of my love. That's a token of my appreciation. I was so happy to spend time with her. Like, I just love her so much. Uh, you know, my sister, my brother-in-law needed, you know, some help. So that's me pouring love into them. A very small act, you know, that's the love, you know. Or, you know, congratulating someone or just giving somebody that needs a listening ear, like, just five minutes of your time. You know, doing a nice test for someone. Like, we don't always have to buy into the commercial commercialism. But I think Valentine's Day, just to know how to spread love, receive love, is so beautiful. Um, a lot of my friends are doing stuff with their kids and creating memories. And I just love it. Like, I love it. Like, yes. Have a little Valentine's Day night for your kids tonight. Like, spend some time with them. Buy them gifts. Let them know that they're loved and appreciated. Nobody's saying go out buy Jordans, but, like, little Valentine's Day gifts is so cute. It's so sweet. Um, I just, I, you know, 
I, I love anything like that. Like I love creating memories. I love, you know, showing love to the people around me. So definitely. And we'll talk about like our glow topic this week is surrounding love, of course. So we're going to get more into that and theme for Valentine's Day. But for every day, you should, you know, love on you just as little bit or as, as much as you need. So we'll get into that later. Also, I think that I want to talk about Usher. Usher, Usher, Usher Raymond. You, Mr. U-S-H-E-R-R-A-Y-M-O-N-D. Yes. Um, He ate during the Super Bowl. Like, I know a lot of people were complaining. They were like, he wasn't singing, spending much time on certain songs. Baby, he got a 10-minute performance, and he's doing 30 years worth of music. 30 fucking years worth of music, and he has to cater to middle America. Do y'all really think that he was going to sing the whole nice and slow? He has 30 years worth of music to cover in 10 minutes. That man brought out Will I Am. He brought out um, Ludacris. Uh, what's his name? Lil John. Her. Alicia Keys. Y'all know how I feel about Alicia Keys. And what I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I ain't going to say what everybody else said. What I'm going to say is beautiful gowns, beautiful piano. That's it. Because Alicia, I I just, I, I don't expect vocals from people I don't expect vocals from. And I'll just leave that there. You know, if that's what they, he decided to spend his little money on, his, his 10 minutes doing one minute worth of my boo, that's on him. But other than that, it was a stellar performance. Like, he had, first of all, he had the campus out there. That was, let me find out, Usher is with the Shimmy Gang, because what? Then um, he had, like, a, a major rap band. He had skaters. He had strippers, baby. He did his brought Atlanta to Vegas. Um, it made me excited to go see his show. I didn't get to go to the Vegas uh, residency. But um, I'm definitely going to go to one of the two shows here in Philly. I know I said I wanted to go to Atlanta to see it, but y'all know my girl Megan Thee Stallion done said that she's also going on tour this summer. So, baby, I got to allocate these funds to Hot Girl in Houston trip to see Megan. Um, yeah, so that's my... That might be where my money being spent. I'm trying to go on trips this year. And I only got one damn job right now. So, yeah, we're going to have to plan accordingly. And I'm trying. Y'all know I'm miss, I'm, I'm going to keep a couple of jobs. But lately, I've for my mental health, I've only been working one job. But my hands is itching. And it, it's telling me there's money out here to be made. So, y'all might, y'all might start hearing about me picking up some extra work. Because I got a lot of things I want to do. I want to go, I want to, I got a trip in May. I want to have another trip by the end of the summer. I want to go to whatever concerts that's having this summer. I want to have a ball. Like, I want to have fun. Like, I really want to embrace my young, fun, 30, flirty years. You know, no kids, living my life, doing everything I wanted to do. That's what I'm trying to do this summer and any other day going beyond. And I want to, before the year is out, I either want to do a birthday trip or I want to do a trip for New Year's. But 
I might do like a quick trip for my birthday to like another state and I might do like a resort somewhere cheap where I can just bring in a new year on a resort, having a ball. That's what I really, really want to do. So it sounds like a bitch got to get a job, a second job to make this happen. But, you know, I'm going to get it done. But Usher ate. All that to say, Usher ate down. I really, I have always been a fan of Usher. I never got to see him in concert before. Um, I always wanted to Usher, but you know, like when Usher was like really doing tours, I'm a lot younger. So my fan base was like, my mom was allowing me to go see, you know, Chris Brown and them. Usher was a grown man by then. So during the Confessions tour, and um, I would love to go see him in tour now. I am a huge, huge, huge fan First of all, I always be like, I don't like that techno music. My ass was up there singing all of them. I know all the songs. Um, I think other people didn't. Uh, what was what's the song he got with Nicki Minaj? I do like that song that he got with Nicki Minaj. I would have loved for him, even though Nicki pisses me off. Y'all know I go in on her all the time. I would have rather him swap out Alicia Keys and bring in Nicki Minaj for that song that they got together. Oh, Little Freak. Yeah, if he would have did. But then again, that's not really, uh, a, you know, Super Bowl commercialization friendly. So I can see why he didn't do that. So I, I take that back. He knew what he was doing. But I do love that song. Um, Yeah, I think Usher did great. I would love to go see him in tour. If y'all going to see Usher this summer, let me know what cities y'all are going to. If y'all going to Philly, hit me up. Also... A quick reminder that we are reading Fly Girl in the month of February for our Read and Glow um, book choice this month. We're going to meet on March 2nd, which is a Sunday at 8 p.m. via Zoom. You'll find the link in my bio on Instagram and on Twitter. It'll be in my link tree of the um, Zoom link. Um, so make sure y'all tuned in. Fly Girl is such a nostalgic story based in the 80s about a young girl growing up in the West Oakland area in Philly and all of the things that she attributes to being a fly girl. You really honestly get to see like a snapshot. If you are a millennial, you get to see a snapshot of how like our parents were in the 80s. It's such a different Philadelphia that I just enjoy it. I enjoy the nostalgia of it. I enjoy the flyness. You start to see like how trends move and how Philly, we were just such freaking trendsetters. And one of those things is people love to take slang from Philly. And this book was written in the 90s, but based on the 80s of, you know, Philly, our slang is stamped in this book. If people want to tell you that we never said Europe before, go read this book. It's really in the book. It's literally in the book. Like, go check it out. Um, Even, like, how they were talking about, like, different cities would come to Philly to buy clothes because they were corny. You know, this is where the swag was. This is where the money was. Like, yeah, check it out. I love this book. I love, love, love this book just because it's just so on point with what my mom used to tell me and her sisters would tell me about the 80s here in Philly, like, how they grew up, how much fun it was. Yeah. 
So definitely read out, check out our Read and Glow book of the month, Fly Girl by Umar Tyree. Um, again, if you want the link, it'll be in our bio for the um, book discussion. So check that out. Okay. Now, so let me... Also, last month, this book we read was Before I Let Go by Kennedy Ryan. She'll be in Philly at um, Barnes & Noble on March 7th. I'm more than likely going to go because I want to sign a copy of her newest book and to get Before I Let Go signed. So if you're in Philly and you want to go um, and uh, meet Kennedy Ryan at Barnes & Noble on 17th and Chestnut, March 7th, let me know. Hit me up. I would love to meet you all there and see some of y'all and we can take pictures and vibe it out. Maybe we can get a drink on whoever is going to be around during that time. So hit me up, let me know. And I would love to see you all there because I'm going to be there and, you know, come get your book signed. We read the book. We love the book. Let's go meet the author, get some pictures because you never know. It could be like Shakespearean worthy in about 30, 40 years and your kids, grandkids can, you know, make some money off it. That's why we go to these signings. You know, you never know. You never know what it will be valuable in the future. So come out, experience. Also, for the main event, let's talk about Sunday. Beyonce dropped two songs off of Act 2. Now, I thought Act 2, when Act 1 first, when Renaissance Act 1 first dropped, I was like, oh, okay, it's dance, it's dance music, right? I'm like, oh, maybe the next one is going to be a full R&B album, like going back to her roots. But then when everything happened at the Grammys and she showed up dressed like a Texas oil rig owner, I was like, what is this bitch trying to do? What is she trying to do? So she dropped two country songs. Now, I'm going to tell y'all, just like when I found out that Beyonce was coming out with a dance um, album, like techno, dance, dance, I was not excited about it because I was just like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't like dance music because, you know, I went to a PWI and all that. I grew up in college listening to that shit. So I just was not here for it. But as y'all know, I loved Renaissance Dion. Like I played it all the time. It was not what I thought. The country album, I'm excited. I mean, she's from Texas. I know a lot of people. You know what's strange? A lot of Caribbeans also like uh, country music. Like, I have worked and met a lot of, like, people from the Caribbean and a lot of older women, and they all love country music. I don't know if there's a correlation there, but very interesting. But she came out with two songs, um, Texas Hold'em, which is cute. It's super fun. But my song is 16 Carriages. That song is the type of country music I kind of like. Like, I like that storytelling. I love the, the like, when I can see the imagery of a song. I love the vocals on it. I love a song I can sing along to. Um, I love the symbolism behind it. It just, this is basically a song that was just saying, like, when women turn as 16, they're no longer kids anymore. Like, we're not seen as kids. And then from 16 on, we're basically adults. Like, that she left her childhood at 16. And um, it is basically, like, a rest in peace to, like, her childhood and how ever since the age of 16, she's just been growing and working and being, a you know, basically adultified. And she has never taken a break since 16. 
I know I had talked to y'all before. Like, I had my first job at 14. I never not had a job. Like, by 16, I was, like, paying for shit on my own, like, doing a whole bunch of stuff. Not living on my own, but, like, very responsible. I had this, this talk with my friend um, a couple of weeks ago. And I was saying, I don't know which came first, the chicken or the egg, as far as me just being responsible, wanting to go to college. Like, I didn't have to get convinced to go to college. I didn't need to be pushed to go take the SATs. I didn't need to be pushed to apply for schools, do my FAFSA or anything. I basically did everything on my own. And it wasn't because my mom didn't wasn't interested. I just didn't leave any space, really. I just knew what I wanted and I went after it. Because in my head, I was always told, like, by teachers and stuff, oh, this year, this is the year that makes or breaks your future. And I never wanted to blame my future on anybody else. So I just was like, boom, I got to hit the ground running. I got to get money. I got to save. I got to get a job. I got to save money for this, this, that, and the third. So like, I really enjoyed that song. I feel like a lot of us can relate to it. A lot of us, you know, at 16, you really do. And a lot of our families, they don't see you as the kid of the family no more. Shit, in some families at 16, you can start drinking. At 16, you don't have a curfew. I still did. I still had to ask permission to do shit. You know, my mom ain't really play that much. But as far as, like, being responsible, I feel like you're no longer looked at, at as a child that way anymore. You know, people start feeling like, oh, yeah, you don't need guidance or you don't need this or, you you know, parenting stops at a certain age. And I think that was a really cool song to listen to. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, so yeah, check it out. Let me know what you guys think. I'm looking forward to see what the rest of this album is given. I'm starting to think like, is she going to go through like every genre of music that black people created? Because a rock, a Beyonce rock album would be great because like pop rock, because on, I believe it's, uh, um, the, is it the Beyonce experience where she covered Alanis Morissette song? And I love that damn. I love it. I love um not sorry. The song on Lemonade where she was meeting with Jack, um, whatchamacallit? What's the song? Oh, Beehive, don't take my card. But I love when she does rock um music. So I look forward to that too. Beyonce, you know. Y'all know to me, the girl does no wrong. Oh, Don't Hurt Yourself with Jack White. Yeah, that's the song I like. And Six Inch Hills. I love that song. So, yeah. I would like like a a rock album next. Let's see what she doing. Let's see her. I want to see her dominate whatever. At this point, if y'all going to keep. And I realize that she probably won't. Now that I know, like, the Grammys, the most... The most Grammy she won was in R&B categories. I feel like they have typecast her, and now she's going to do everything but R&B until they give her the respect that she needs because they don't want to pace her in general categories. So, yeah, let's let's see what she got up her sleeve. And I just love the fact that she's at this point in her career where she doesn't um, have to... uh, she does not have to come, you know, deal with anybody. Like, she doesn't have to do anything. She can just do whatever it is she wants to do. Like, I love that. I can't wait to get into my career where 
I, I I met someone like this in corporate, where not even corporate, nonprofit world, where they are so cemented and they have just led the force in so many ways. They retire like three times already, and they don't have to do shit. I can't wait to get to that point in my life, in my career, in my age, where it's like I paid my dues so much I could just do whatever I want to do. I can literally do whatever I want to do. I don't have to play politics. I don't have to play the game. I don't have to, like, you know, shake these this person's hand, kiss these babies. I can literally just, with positivity, of course, do what it is that I want to do. Make the change that I want to see. That That is so something that's powerful because a lot of us never get to that. A lot of us retire just to retire. Like none of us, a lot of us don't really get to that point in our career where it's like, I'm not retiring per se, but I'm reinventing myself over and over and over again. I saw a post that said like, I have no desire to have the same career my entire life. I'm going to reinvent myself every single time. And that's where a place where I am in my life. Like I'm not the person I was two years ago. I'm a whole different period. If I would have told myself at 21 that I would be pursuing the career that I'm pursuing right now, I would be like, bitch, you're a liar. You don't like business. You don't like this. You don't like that. Like, you're lying. There's no way that you're that you're doing this. No, I'm doing it. I'm good at it. And, you know, the next sphere of life, I'm going to see where it, where it ends up at. Even, you know, like with podcasting, I told y'all before, I always wanted to have a radio show when I was younger. People told me like, oh, you know, there's no money in it. You probably won't get on the radio. It's only this amount of markets, you know, don't, you know, people study this degree and they never find a job. And it's like, well, now I have my own podcast. If I push this shit just a little bit further and try new things and reinvent myself and recreate it, and this can be my stepping stone. Who knows what can happen, right? So just never sell yourself short. Always reinvent yourself. Always take yourself out the box because there is no box. Don't let nobody put you in a box. Take yourself out every single time. Um, and spe- speaking of taking yourself out of a situation, Candy Burris from the Real House of Atlanta has left the franchise and on her own. They offered her a contract. She turned it down. Um, I'm happy for Candy. And I say I'm happy because, uh, again, just like when I was talking about with Beyonce, a lot of, after 14 years, a lot of people on these type of shows, they don't get to leave on their own on a high note. We have seen her as a businesswoman, as a mother, as a wife, just recreate herself over and over and over. We have watched her amass millions while being on this show creating new businesses and creating new music and just um, Broadway shows, Bedroom Candy, The Dungeon Tour, a play, a movie. She got married, had two more children, became a stepmother, raised her own daughter, create hit songs on the show, created businesses on this show that are very fruitful, despite, you know, the Keith Lee rating. But... She's doing it and she does it with grace. Like she's not bragging. She's very humble. She has created hundreds of jobs for black people in Atlanta and beyond 
the bedroom candy is basically like Avon. There's plenty and plenty of sales reps throughout the country. She has created businesses for so many people while on this TV show. So you can say what you want. You can say she's boring. I don't think she's boring. I just think her story has been told and is now at an end. She has amassed so much success on this show. Staying on could only become because you're used to it, as she said. You're just doing something because you're used to doing it. At this point, it no longer benefits you, and it may benefit someone else. And it's something about knowing when it's your time to go. It's something that's so strong in knowing, hey, I did all I could do here. I have amassed so much success. I appreciate this platform. I appreciate this opportunity. But in order for me to grow, I got to clip these wings and I have to go for it and I have to go put myself first. I've done that before. I've done it and I'll do it again. In life, it does not matter how comfortable you are in a situation. Comfortability is where you will stay stagnant at. You have to say, you know what, I'm going to take this risk. Even though this is very secure for me, I'm going to take this risk and I'm going to go further. And I'm just going to bet on me, bet on God, you know, that what I'm doing is right. And I'm going to see what happens. So kudos to her because that has to be a scary feeling. But just knowing how successful she was just on the show. And that at this point, you know, the obligations to the show is holding her back from doing so much other things, especially when she already has a business relationship with Bravo outside of her being on the show. So Candy is definitely somebody that I would love, love, love to interview just because I just feel like she's one of those people who mind I don't mind walking through. I feel like she's just so intelligent. She has like just... She just has the Midas touch. Like, she has super great instincts in business. Super, like, I don't know who's praying for her upstairs, but they're praying for her, and they're good. They're covering her. She's straight, like, real straight. For, like, again, 30 years of the business, and you just reinvent yourself, reinvent yourself, reinvent yourself. That's why I say, like, you know, if I ever come into, like, big money, I know a lot of people, like, what would you do? I already know what I would do. If I inherited a certain amount of money, I I promise y'all, the business that I'm going to have, y'all would be like, damn, that shit is so on brand. That shit is on brand and it's fire and it's needed in the city. So hopefully I get somebody just drop and give me some money. I don't know. Maybe I'll play the Mega Millions again. But if I ever were to come into like big money, like my business would be chef's kiss. Um, also with Candy leaving, Portia is returning. I, I don't mind seeing Portia return. I think that her and Kenya are cool. I think Kenya needs a friend. Um, I think that if Portia is going to be honest about how her and that husband of hers got together and, you know, show off her new relationship, her new love, you know, whatever it is, what her life looks like now, I think it'll be fine for the show. But if she's just there for shits and giggles, and don't want to participate in the show, then she could stay wherever it is she at. And I like Portia, but nobody wants a boring, boring, boring person. Like nobody wants a boring girl. <laughs> like we don't want that. We're we want fun. 
But um, yeah, so that's it for the Real Housewives. And our last topic, Monique. Everybody's been talking about Monique's interview with Club Shay Shay. And she discussed, I mean, nothing she said on Club Shay Shay was nothing I never, ever heard. Like, I feel like, you know, she, I don't think, all right. She won that lawsuit against Netflix because they did lowball her. $500,000 ain't shit. I know most of the people listen to the, anybody that listens to the show, we're all working class people. So, certain amount of money, it's hard. It'll change our life right now, right? $500,000 given to you, for the most part, you can't quit a job for years. You can never not work. <laughs> like, you can use that money and flip it, but more than likely, $500,000 for yourself, about half is going to taxes. People make $250,000 a year every year and still work. Your ass still got to go to work. So, yeah, they lowballed the hell out of her. Now, people are like, oh, you know, her, I didn't like her Netflix special, but I also didn't like Chris Rock special. I also didn't like Amy Schumer special and whoever the hell else, Kevin Hart, whoever else had a Netflix special. I didn't like any of them. I didn't, it's been a long ass time since I chuckled on a, on a comedian, comedic special. I don't know. I got to, you know, it's hard to make me laugh because I'm pretty damn funny myself. So I don't know. That was a joke. But yeah, I didn't really like it. I didn't care for it. I feel like her jokes were dated um, to me because she's a dated type of person. She's older than me. So she still got those 90s freaky, just to be freaky jokes. And it don't really make sense. It were like those self-degrading jokes about like, you know, womanhood or whatever, because she's kind of male identified and we'll get into that. So, um, didn't really care for those jokes, but I do feel like Oprah was dead as wrong for what she did to her. I feel like Tyler Perry did lie. We heard the video that she recorded of him. Um, and I feel like I never liked DL Hughley any fucking way. So it don't really matter to me that they were beefing. Um, about her beef with DL Hughley. Well, I'll start with this. I'll start with the other people. What she said about Kevin Hart, I believe that happened. Basically, she was saying that Kevin Hart reached out to her. He was very supportive of her. He let her borrow money. She returned it. He said that he wants to help her grow in any way. Like any comp- any project she want to do, he's going to streamline it whatever, whatever. She brought his name up in a room. Apparently his manager turned down the deal, say that Kevin Hart doesn't want to work with her. She reached out to Kevin. Kevin said, that's wrong. He's going to work. He's going to find out what happened. That was years ago. She ain't hear from Kevin Hart since. I believe that happened. And what it remind me of is that episode of Martin when Varnell Hill was like, yeah, whenever you're in LA, I got 15 minutes with you on my show. With the 15, like, that's how it feels. That's not exactly how Kevin Hart acts. Kevin Hart literally acts like Varnell Hill. I don't believe that who is actually a playoff of Arsenio Hall. So it's like, yeah, I did as believe that he did it. <laughs> like, Kevin Hart, you did as the did shit. And that's why he ain't say nothing. You know you did it. You know you did. Because, and the thing about it is, her name is mud in the industry because two powerful tycoons that people are scared to go against 
are not fooling with her. There is nothing rebel, no shade. There's nothing rebel about Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart plays the game that pays him. And that's not me saying it to be shady. It's just that I would never expect a non-rebel to do rebellious shit on my behalf. Working with Monique in that way, we're not just like having her in your movie, but like streamlining a project for her, it, it, it can get dirty for you. Especially if those are the rooms, those are the hands you want to shake. Those are the rooms you want to be in. You want to be in a Tyler Perry room. You want to be in an Oprah room. You want to shake hands with these people because they're powerful. Oprah has her own network. Tyler Perry has his own studio. He's probably about to buy a network. There are a lot of talks about these things. They have amassed billions of dollars. As somebody like a Kevin Hart, who is not going to shake the table on his own behalf, I think it's very interesting that Monique believed anything he said. Anything. Because at that point, I don't give a fuck. People are like, but he gave her money. What's like $100,000 to somebody that's making close to a billion dollars? Who's got $30 million that grows from the box office for a movie that he just lended his voice to? He don't give a shit about $100,000. We Did y'all watch his documentary that he flies on a private jet for $100,000 at his will? That money that it probably took Monique forever to pay him back, he already made it 10 times that in the amount of time that it took her to pay him back. He don't give a shit. Rich people don't give a shit about that. Here, here you go. Because that means, you know what that means? When you do somebody, do something like that, that means you owe, they owe you a favor. By accepting that money, it doesn't matter if she paid him back. She owes him a favor. That's why people do shit like that. It's, it's a thing in business. You're going to owe them a favor later. When you work in an industry that's so cutthroat like that, there are no uh, favorless things that happen to you. You owe them a favor. You, she owes someone. And the thing is, because even though she paid him back, because she just keeps finding herself in these calamities, she might need him again. So she's going to owe another favor. That's how that type of shit works. So I don't really get why, you know, the surprise about Kevin. I mean, listen, if all else was, he is from he is from the Philadelphia. <laughs> you know, he is from there, honey. So there's that. Um also the thing with DL Hughley. Um I think what happened is what happened. I don't think that she lied. I think that, you know, he played a dirty game and she folded, basically. If you the headliner, you headline. I wouldn't I, I don't care what time I said I gotta get up out of there. I would have never left. He would have had to I would have forced him to get on stage or we both were seeing her look this stupid and I wouldn't have gave a shit about how it looked. Let the promoters figure it out. If I'm the headliner, like if it's just let it glow is the headliner and Sarah Silverman or whoever else is gonna open up for me on the podcast. I don't care that Sarah Silverman got millions of followers. If y'all said that I'm the headliner, Sarah better get her ass out on the stage. 
and make y'all laugh until it's time for me to go on. I don't give a damn because that's what contracts are for. I'm not going to bend just because somebody's making it difficult for somebody else. No, you he going he going to hit that stage first. Either he going to hit that stage first, or I'm gonna leave. Period. And it, it's just going to be what it's going to be, right? Um, now, about D.L. Hughley's daughter, I told y'all before, I don't think that Monique should have brought his daughter's trauma up um, as a get back to him or to bring it up while she's arguing with him. Um, however, I do feel like it's plausible. You, you, What she said, she shouldn't have said it in that sense because... She was using it to be nasty. She don't really care about that girl's well-being at all. But it is a character flaw for you. It is some shit that could make people just as bad as it makes her look to bring it up. It was worse for you to bring it up because you thought by you saying anything about what happened to your daughter made you feel like some whole or equal person because you realized where you were wrong. If you guys don't remember, I talked about it on the show before. I'm not going to get into too much. But basically, Monique brought out a fact, brought up an old um, interview that Dale Hughley had where his daughter expressed that someone that he was good friends with sexually sexually assaulted her for some time and how he didn't believe her originally because the person that she said um, assaulted her was a good friend of his and very nice. Um, again, like I said, it is a very, it, I already didn't like D.L. Hughley. He always got on my nerves. I hated him and the brothers. I hated his TV show. I hated him on King's Academy comedy. I hate his radio show. I hate his beady little braids. I hate that hat. I hate the fucking suits. I, I can't stand him. I can't. Um, he's not that funny to me. He's the worst of the kings of comedy to me. I don't find his little ass funny. However, I do feel like Monique used it. She tries to do this thing where she's saying it in a soft voice. So she feels like she's saying it out of love, but you don't give a damn about his daughter and you brought it up to, to hit him with. And it was a good punch, but you have to, that's one of the things that get on my nerves about people. Be nasty full fucking out. Don't do that nice, nasty shit where you're like, oh, I just care about this young lady. And I just, no, the fuck you don't. You don't care about his daughter. It makes him look crazy. It makes him look disgusting. Period. That's why you said it. Now he counted her with a blow, which said, basically, don't talk about my kids and treat my kids how you treat the son that you don't claim. Which was going to bring us to our next segment of the Monique Chronicles. Her son got on social media and debunked some of the things that she said on Club Shay Shay regarding her motherhood and his experience of her as a mother and um, how basically she said on Club Shay Shay that she didn't appreciate D.L. Hughley for bringing up her son and that she loved her son and the door is open for whenever he wants to come around and talk to her and that basically, you know, she has let go and let God and feels like, you know, whatever happens, happens. She it's an open door policy for their relationship to um go, right? Here's the thing. 
I don't really like that verbiage because I just feel like as a parent, you don't have to, you know, (laughs) you don't have to do that. You don't have to like say the door is open for whenever they're ready. And, um, you were out making money so that they can be, have a good life. He has issues. Um, you remarried, had children that are considerably younger than him. And, you know, maybe that's the situation you had to reconcile. See, we talk about what everything that's due to you and how people did you and this world and everything else. But sometimes we're the villain in other people's stories. And sometimes in life, you don't give a fuck about being a villain in somebody's story. Me personally, I don't have no children. So if I'm the villain in anybody's story right now, as long as it's, it's not my kids, I don't give a fuck. But if it's my kid, I I, I want to fix it. I'd want to fix it. I'd want to understand what what bothers them about me. You know, what can I do to give them some peace? Give you know, make them understand that I love them. Like, what would I do, right? Um, the son basically came out and just said that he feels like she was uninterested in being a mother um, outside of her working and everything else. When she would come around, she just did not seem very interested. Even in Mon- in um, Monique's display, she discussed how, you know, she was out partying. She had friendly, you know, vagina, how her husband kind of raised her. She still had the mindset of a 15-year-old. Meanwhile, when she got married to that man, her son was about 15. I think he's like the same age as me, but yeah. So he's grown. He's in his 30s. They don't have a relationship. She, you know, he says that he just rather her not see anything about him and that it just didn't seem like she was interested in being his mom. And it just bothered him that they mentioned that they have three sons instead of four. She combated it, made another video and was just talking about She's made herself look worse. And this is where I say people can be two things at once. She could be absolutely right about the industry and an absolute piss poor fucking mom. There's duality there. You don't get to be righteous all the time. You know, you could be a piss poor ass mama and you could be a very amazing entertainer. You sacrifice one for the other. And when the one that you sacrificed it for is not panning out, you don't then get to give an excuse as to why you weren't doing great in the other. You sacrifice being a good mom so that you could be an entertainer. However, entertainment has not given you the masses that you feel like you deserve. They have not given you the flowers, the roses, the love that you feel like you deserve. But it, what would have probably did that was that son. And honestly, it, I felt hurt to listen to it because I understood what he meant, right? What he's just said. It's one thing. A lot of people make sacrifices for to make a, a living happen for their kids. We see it with Taraji P. Henson. We've seen it with Regina Hall. I mean, Regina King. Um, it's a lot of actresses that have the same similar story. Single mom came to Hollywood to work. Mama, auntie, whoever else helped them raise their kid, but they got relationships with their kids. You know, it's something to seem like I think people can understand sacrifice. What they can't understand is somebody just not seeming like they're interested in their life. For me, you know, y'all know I talked about it before. I have a strange relationship with my dad. It's not even a strange. We don't talk at all. I haven't seen him since I was a teenager. You know, outside of his issues with drug abuse 
it just never seemed like he was interested in remotely being a dad. Because I know some crackheads that are great fathers. <laughs> so him being on drugs ain't the reason why he's just not interested in being a father. He has no interest in being a father. It does not pull him in one way or the other. But if a bitch became rich, I bet you he'd tell everybody he know that I'm his kid. You know, it's just, it's very sad. I feel bad for him because, you know, it seemingly ain't shit wrong with his mama. Um, He gets to see that she loves on everybody else and she plays this auntie role and she loves on the babies and she does this and she has this other family where he does not know his place in, you know, where he feels confused about. And, you know, you have someone that kind of just don't seem interested. She posted some text messages in 2021 of them talking. And I guess it's the proof to say that they were in contact. But it seemed like she never wanted to talk to him. She was never bothered by him. She didn't want to be interested in anything. It seemed like he would call and she kind of text would text back and say, hey, can I call you back in an hour? It seemed like he would just send her pictures of himself. And she just seemed very, very short. Um she mentioned his mental health issues and I hate when people do that sometimes like it just be like oh well he has mental health what the fuck that guy do anything so do you so the fuck do you you sit there you sit there with your husband you're sitting there acting like a fucking teenager the man is speaking for you in regards to your own child he can't let he doesn't allow you to speak and that is what people talk about when it comes to your husband yeah protect you as your manager in all spaces right protect you as a husband in all spaces but when your child has a grievance with you as a parent and he is not their parent no he does not get to defend you you have to put your big ass draws on look your kid in the face and make him feel the shit that he has not felt convey it to them you have to lose that pride and tell him i love you i may not have been a great parent but before i leave this earth i want you to understand i love you what can i do fuck the materialistic shit how can i show up as a better parent to you what would that take Please let me know. I'm willing to learn. Do you need for us to go to therapy? Do you need for me to be more present? What is it that you need? Period. If you don't want to do that, then stop bringing the boy up. Leave him alone. He seemed, he was very calm. He was not disrespectful. Um, I think posting text messages and all of that stuff, it just didn't make you look any better, any less. And it always goes to the point that you always have to prove that you're the victim. And this is a situation where it's not white or black. Your relationship with Tyler Perry, um, Oprah, you know, Lee Daniels, that's a very black and white situation. Either Oprah brought your abuser onto her show or she didn't. She did. <laughs> Period. Did wrong. Either Tyler threw mud on your name on the industry or he didn't. He said that he did. He did that shit. Either Lee Daniels didn't want to pay you to do promo for Precious. He didn't. He didn't do that shit. That's clear. That's a clear black or white. With your son, you can admit that you didn't show up for your child. You admit that you were not present for your child. Boom. You can admit that he did not know his space within your family once you got remarried because then you became pregnant. You became a very involved parent and he was pretty much gone, grown. 
which goes back to that shit that I was just talking about with Beyonce, that 16 carriages. He became a teenager. You felt like your job was done, the job that you never did. So now he's walking around in life as that emotionally disrupt teenage boy who watched his mom create a whole new life that he was no longer a part of. And because he struggles with mental health issues, as you so wanted to point out, that even shows that you were even more uninterested and that is an excuse for your uninterest. See how that works, Monique? There's layers. You're not a victim in every way. Now, in your defense, you might just be like, listen, I just had to get, I didn't want to be broke. I wanted to make sure that I can take care of him. He went to private school. I did this. I never knew that he felt like I was uninterested. I'm very interested in being his mom. Blah, 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 blah. You didn't even have to respond to his TikTok. You could have just picked up the fucking phone and called him. But instead, you and your daddy got online and y'all started talking about this person, this son, as if, like, he's just bonkers. And that's part of the issue right there. You want to receive love from others, but you can't return it without permission from someone else. Shouldn't nobody tell you how to speak to your kid. You should, that, that, y'all love to be like, I'm so healed, I'm so healed. I can tell you right now, I can have a conversation with anybody right now. I would not get crazy. I would not get bucked until somebody fucking threatened my life. I can have an issue with anybody in the world right now. I can sit, if, if it's a relationship I feel like I want to have, I can sit in front of them and talk to them just the same way I'm talking right now. Unless they threaten my life. And at that point, I don't care who you are. It's a wreck. But if it's a relationship that I would like to keep, yeah, I can have a conversation. It's not that deep. We can do that. Um, also, that's, oh, it's time to get into the world topic. But before I go, I, you know, I just say that to say the stuff with Monique and her son, not to dig at her, but to just show like there is duality. You can be very right in this space of your life and you can be very, very dead as wrong. And not even wrong, just not perfect and just not well. And you could, just as much as people hurt you, you can hurt other people. Like I said, we all the villain in someone else's story. But when that story is your kids, then those are the people you brought into the world that didn't ask to be here. The least you could do is put forth some effort to attempt or to let them know that the door, listen, let me know. I'll contact you. I'll send you a letter. I'll send you some love. Merry Christmas. I love you. Here you go. That's all you can do unless they're threatening your life. And then if your kid is on some shit and they threatened your life, they don't want to fuck with you. They trying to like invade your space and make you feel unprotected or unsafe. Then I say, you know, create some distance there because anybody about to go die behind anybody in this life but yeah hold on y'all you know i record by myself so i need to take a sip of water but it's time to get into the glow up topic as i said earlier i'm recording this on valentine's day so i think the best thing to talk about is just healthy love what that looks like for me um from a relationship or for myself within my friendships, like where do I feel safe at? 
And I think one of the safest places is for me, the best love like that I could receive is someone that truly lets me be me. All faces of me, that understands me, that respects me, that enjoys being around me. Like someone that just genuinely loves me for who I am in every single way that I am me. Like whether I'm DeAndre that's running the meetings at work, whether I'm DeAndre that's taking care of her family, whether I'm DeAndre that wants to sit in a corner and read a book, DeAndre that is emotional or whatever, just loves me, respects me, is me. Um, One thing I realized lately is just like life is just all about how you give love to others and how you receive it sometimes. Like, I feel like my love language is acts of service. Like, if you need something, I got you. I'm going to look out for you. Um, If you need words of information, I got you. Like, you're doing that shit. You know, I really speak life into people. And one of the things I feel like I need that port back in. I need people that, because like I said, I am somebody that can do a million things at once and I can literally crash and burn. I need someone in my life that can be like, even if it's not a partner, even if it's a friend, it's my family member that's like, um, sis, you need to lay down. You need to chill out. You're trying to do 50 things at once. Like, you need to look out and do, you know, look out for yourself, focus on you. You need to let somebody handle some things for you. You need some people to love on you. You need that back because you're about to crash and burn. Or, you know, like I said, words of affirmation. You know, we all have that thing in our head that tells us we're not doing enough. So having someone that could just be in my ear that's like, yeah, you're doing that shit. I see, I saw that project you just ended, you did that. You know, or whatever. You look good, you feel good, whatever. Like, whatever it is that I need, I pour into other people, I need that pour back in. Also, um, we all need to feel safe. Like, vulnerability. So many people are like, oh, you know, I, I know a lot of guys are talking about, like, how women are so strong and it's unattractive because they're not operating their femininity. Even though I think a lot of people, a lot of men that say they also don't understand what femininity, femininity looks like. It looks different for every single person, Right. What I think a lot of them are asking is for vulnerability, right? But in order for me to be vulnerable, it has to be a safe space. You don't get to take somebody's vulnerability and use it against them or create an unsafe space for them to operate there. You know, in therapy, I can be very vulnerable. It's a safe space. My therapist, she's not writing a book on me. My therapist is cannot go and tell all her friends my tea. My therapist cannot use the things that I say, you know, to hurt me. There are a lot of women that expose traumas, that explained exactly, you know, what hurt them in the past with relationships, what hurt them growing up, childhood traumas, relationship traumas, friendship traumas to their partner in an effort to get them to understand them. And they use that as one to do everything outside of that, right? Like, if I tell you everything I don't like, right, you're not going to do it, even though that's what you'll naturally do. Or they use it later and bring it up to throw it in your face. That is the fear that a lot of women have, is that someone is going to take their vulnerability and throw it in their face. 
you want somebody, you want to have a safe space. Just like if I create a safe space for you to vent and be your true self and tell me your dreams, tell me your goals, tell me your fears or whatever, I want that in return. I want to know that you love me the way that I love me. If I respect me, if I love me, and what that looks like, if I'm doing everything I can to make me a better person, if I'm doing the work, I need for you to appreciate the work that I'm doing on myself and treat me the same way I treat myself. And that's where I say like healthy love really, I feel like it begins with you. I know that when I was in other relationships, it wasn't healthy because I didn't love myself in a healthy way. When I was emotionally detached, like I was super emotionally unavailable. I was very like, like very wall built up. Like, no, I'm not pouring that much into it. Um, I wasn't doing everything I could to benefit myself. I wasn't doing everything I could to elevate. I was just very stagnant in life. Like I talked about that before. Being comfortable, being comfortable in the position I was, I was just surviving. I wasn't thriving. Now that I'm in the season where I'm thriving, I'm going after things. I'm putting myself in these great situations. I'm going after every single thing I ever thought about in life and I'm winning and I'm getting it. You know, if it's health, I'm on it. If it's going to the gym, I'm doing it. If it's taking um, a class and something I'm interested in, I'm doing it. If it's challenging myself to go back to school, I'm going to do it. If it's anything, I'm doing it right now. Like I'm doing so many things that can benefit me right now that shows me that I love the fuck out of me. Even in a sense of where if I'm dating somebody, I'm still putting me at the forefront. I'm not neglecting me this time. I'm not moving things around that I know I have to do for myself in order to get ahead in life. The person that I date has to love me the same way, has to respect that I'm on this journey of self-improvement and not want to distract me from it, but wants to help give me ideas, push me to keep doing it, you know, while including them in my life. See, a lot of people can be impressed about the things that you're doing, but a lot of them don't want to help you get to that point. A lot of people just, you know, they think it's braggadocious to say whatever, whatever. Oh, my girl does this or she's into that or she looks good or her body's this or she's smart. She got a degree in this. She works here. She got this. She bought that. It's great. But a lot of the times, them same people ain't going to tell everybody how they distract you, how they don't want you seeing a trainer because they feel like you dating a trainer or they don't want to see you, you know, go back to school. They distract you, start arguments, cheat, whatever, when you should be studying and focusing on school. You know, it's so much shit out here that when you have the right people around you, you feel it. When that person is wrong, you just, when you have like the wrong type of love in your life, like people that love you based off of their ego, like just love you just because they want ownership of you, but not love you at your free self. You can feel it. You start feeling stagnant. You start feeling caged in. Like you can't be you. Like I, you can't even express who you are as a person. You can't, you know, even succeed how you want to. You feel it. But when you are like love freely, right? Meaning that there is nothing but love that's keeping you there, right? Like you don't have obligations. It's not the obligations that you have together. 
It's not what looks best together. It's not because you're meeting a quota. It's not because somebody wants ownership of you. It's simply because they love you for you and they love to just experience this thing called life together. You feel it. Like right now in my life and for so long, I didn't know. I kept feeling uneasy like in life. I just kept feeling uneasy and I don't know what it was. I think I just had some type of, it was like negative magnets pulling me in opposite directions. I just couldn't pinpoint where the negativity was coming from. Right now in my life, the people that are in my life, I just love wholeheartedly. And I feel the love that they have for me coming back, like in return. And I just feel like I'm such in a healthy space. Like it's Valentine's Day. I just feel nothing but love. I feel like appreciated. I feel like there is nothing in my life that just feels wrong. There's no person in my life that feels wrong. There's no situation in my life that feels wrong. There's nothing that makes me feel like like anxious or uneasy, right? Because I just feel like just free, free to love, free to feel, free to be emotional, upset, happy, sad, disappointed, anxious, whatever. I just feel free. Like, I don't feel like I'm caged in anymore. And um, I think it's because I took control of my life and I started just to love me in the most healthiest way that I know possible and learn better ways to do so. So hopefully that resonates with y'all. Hopefully, you know, you guys felt a lot of love this week as it is Valentine's Day. Um... Again, take some time to pour into you, do some self-care, not even just, you know, on the materialistic, oh, do a facial. I'm saying like, definitely get some rest, drink a smoothie, buy some vitamins, do a stretch, you know, whatever it is, buy something nice for yourself, pray, journal, you know, meditate, whatever it is that you can just you know, honor your higher self, I would just honestly do it this week. Um, just let anything go. If Even if self-care is putting yourself first this week and removing negativity out of your life, even, and I say this to say, even if it's somebody that you truly, truly just want to see the best with, but for some reason it's not happening and you just like, wait, why is this not working. Why is this? It's because it ain't supposed to. Love yourself enough to get rid of anything in your life that just feels wrong, that feels negative. Like just remove, except for like some drastic shit. But I'm just mean like any, you know, if it's a job, don't quit your fucking job tomorrow. Don't do that. But put yourself in a situation to get your resume done, to put out a new resume, to go on some interviews. You know what I'm saying? If you're in a relationship with somebody and it doesn't feel good, take some time to go to therapy. Take some time to talk through it. Talk through the situation that you're in right now. I'm not saying break up with the person tomorrow. I'm saying take some time, go to therapy Pray about it. Find out what you're trying to seek in this relationship, who you are within that relationship and outside of that relationship. If you feel like you need more help with your kids, figure out more people or more situations you could do to help you receive some help. 
reach out to some people for some resources so that you can get help. If you feel like you need to get up and move your body around, figure out a gym, figure out, okay, maybe I can't make it to the gym because of my schedule, but there is walking pads for a hundred dollars. Figure out a way to finance it. You know, just find ways that can help you find your higher self, the way that you can find some self-care and anything that you have a negativity about. Like for me, I have a lot of thoughts in my head this past week just because it's a lot going on. Like I said, I still feel good, but I do have a lot of things swimming in my mind. I know that it's been a couple of weeks since I last journal. So tonight I'm a journal if I finish recording. You know, I know I haven't been to the gym in a couple of days. I'm going to go to the gym next week. <laughs> I'm going to the gym Monday, right? I'm getting back on the saddle. I'm going to take my ass to the gym. You know, I know that makes me feel better. I know also that, you know, me going to sleep at a certain time, me saying hard no's to certain things, me not stressing about things I cannot control is what's best for me. You know, um, I know that there is lenience and sometimes falling short and I give myself that grace. I don't put, I'm not going to put pressure on myself this week to do anything other than what feels good. You know, um, again, I'm a person that's not married and I don't have kids, so I can do that. But what I'm saying is any way that you can better your life, just make a step towards it. Just make a step. If you are not happy with the situation, if you are thinking about going to school, look up schools, look up what you have to do to get there, look up financial resources, look up grants, because that's what I'm going to do. I want to go back and educate myself in a lot of different situations. I know where I want to grow. My task for the, by the end of the month is to come up with ways I can get back into school. When, how, how much it costs, what I got to do to do it, right? How can I balance it? That's my task for me to get, you know, to the next level. You know, every month I'm going to do small things that I can do to change my life for the better, to make me feel better, to love myself better. And I know loving myself better is turning myself into my higher self. The person that I dream of being, I'm going to become that. The person that feels good, when I feel at my best, I'm going to f- try to attempt to feel that all the time. You know, but yeah, just a chat about healthy love and healthy love practices. Whether it's yourself, a friendship, family members, a relationship, you know, whatever it is, find ways to create healthy boundaries, healthy love healthy tasks around it um as always thank you guys for tuning in and listening i appreciate every listen every view every like every rate anything any share so make sure that you are subscribed to us on apple spotify soundcloud amazon and google Podcasts. pretty much wherever you listen to podcasts at this point you know tune in rate and review also follow us on instagram at jst let it glow and you can also follow the podcast on twitter at just let it glow i'm also on tiktok at just let it glow pod um and if you have any listener letters if you had a bad valentine's day i want to hear it. if you had a great valentine's day i want to hear it if there is somebody that you did not bring in 2024 and you kind of missed them let me know the tea and i'll talk you out of it 
um you can email me at justletitglowpie at gmail.com you can also um if you have any business inquiries if you want me to promote anything on a podcast or if you would like to be a guest on the podcast and you have really great a really good story that you want to share please feel free to um email me at justletitglowpie at gmail.com or you can um, message me on any of the apps that I mentioned. Um, any of the Instagram or Twitter, you can DM me there. As always, I appreciate you guys for listening. I pray that this next month brings a new flow to your life. And I wish you well. Um, and take care of yourself and love on yourself today. Have a good rest of the week. Bye.